0: Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Cowherd Report Card Part 1, Measures of Performance. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Rick Rasby, who's a Nebraska Extension specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Yes, good to be here, Aaron. Look forward to the conversation. Rick, as we have this conversation, we're sitting here in early November and for a lot of spring calving herds, they've weaned the calves or they soon will be. And this is a good time of year to really go back and look at what happened in terms of cow herd performance. What do we get in terms of calves weaned per cow exposed? And that's really the numbers you work through in this article, talking about how to calculate those numbers, what they mean. I Talk through with us just as folks are weaning the calves, beginning to look back in terms of thinking about what happened with the cow herd. What are some numbers they should look at and, and calculate to get an idea of where they're at?
1: Yeah, Aaron, that's a that's a really good question. I think the the reason that, that TL and I put the article together was I, I think producers get so doggone busy that they wean calves and and then they, they move to the next management practice that they need to to get going. And so it's probably good, you know, this time of year, especially after you just wean the calves, especially for spring calving cows, is to go back and and uh, see how well the cows performed in that particular enterprise. And, and I think the idea is is that y- you can't manage what you don't measure. And I'm kind of a, a stickler for that. But I think the idea of being able to go back and take a look at some of these management parameters, it can really help us take a good look at at how well the cow herd performed throughout the year. So that that's the reason for the article. So Rick, one of the
0: first things you need to do if you're going to calculate these numbers is to go back and look at the number of females exposed. And then and we're reaching back quite a ways when we do this, because if we think about the calves that are born this year and we now, we're actually looking at what those cows were in terms of cows exposed back in 2022. It's not this year's pregnancy percentage we're looking at for this calf crop. We're looking back, you know, almost 18 months or more. I guess just talk through with us the importance of knowing that number and, and how do we come up with that number?
1: Yeah, Aaron, you hit the nail on the head. Is that um, is that we're looking at a number that was, you know, basically in twenty twenty two during that breeding season, so number of cows that you, you exposed to bull during that breeding season. So, because number of females exposed is going to be used in a number of different calculations, it's so important to get that thing right. And so the idea is that I, I'd say in most years, you know, the number of cows that you put in the uh, in the pasture for breeding season. Uh, doesn't change much until you get to weaning time and you do preg check. And so a lot of times that cow herd is fairly static, but there is sometimes that you move you know, cows in and out of the herd. And so that number of cows exposed uh, has to maybe be uh, uh, taken a look at to make sure that you have the right number in there. And so you know, the idea is that sometimes that you might have females that you've identified maybe uh, prior to putting them out in the, the breeding season that you were going to cull them anyway. And so those those females need to be subtracted out of the females exposed. But the other thing is, is that you don't want to subtract out cows that are open, okay? Because that's not correct. And then the other part of it is, is that you may have females that you bring into the herd that are pregnant. And so those cows need to be ba- added back into the uh, number of females exposed. And so even though we think about the cow herd being fairly static, for the most part, uh, there are some times when we move cows in and out of the the cow herd that we need to account for. So we have number of females exposed. Correct.
0: So once we have that number of females exposed, correct, of course, the next number is how many actually got pregnant and that's going to require a pregnancy diagnosis test and, and knowing where those cows are at, I guess, as we think about that number, what do we want to think about in terms of a target? What's acceptable? What's a cause for concern? How do we think about that?
1: Yeah, you know, Aaron, that's, uh, so it's usually done, uh, that pregnancy percentage is usually done at preg check time. And so you've got number of cows that were diagnosed as pregnant uh, divided by a number of cows exposed. The idea is that when you think about the greatest losses of potential calves to wean, it's due to the fact that cows don't get pregnant during the breeding season. So this is a real critical number to take a look at. The lower that number can be in regards to opens, the better. But there's a cost to having very few open cows because we can change pregnancy rate a lot by feeding. And we can feed cows in such a way that that they're probably going to be become pregnant. The idea is, is that economical? But this is a real important number because potential calves to wean, the majority of those uh, potential calves to wean are lost because cows don't become pregnant during the breeding season. So the idea is, is that how can you make sure that that is above 90%, you know, that open rate is 10% or less. The other thing that you need to think about here is that the cows that have the the chance of being open are young cows, especially young cows that are trying to get pregnant with their second calf. And so if you do have a high open rate, you might want to basically do pregnancy percentage by age especially, you know, take a look at first calf females that are trying to get bred for their second time because they're the ones that are that are, have the likelihood of being open. So that's an important number. The fewer that you can have, the better. Uh, I would say that if you can keep open rate uh, above 10%, you've done a pretty good job.
0: I just might make a comment here too. As I think about this, in my mind, I differentiate a little bit between yearling heifers breed up and thinking about mature cows. So I think about a system and I might be willing to accept a lower breed up on a yearling heifer because I might challenge her a little bit. And that open heifer has quite a bit of value in the marketplace as a feeder. And I kind of want to find which of those heifers are going to fit my system. But once I've spent the money to get her pregnant as a first calf heifer, then I I really kind of hate to see her fall out, especially early in that production cycle in terms of her years of productivity. And so, those are some things I kind of think about as we think about this whole pregnancy percentage. I guess comment on that. Give me your perspective. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah. I, I'd say you're. To me, you're you're right on target. And and the idea is that uh, you can challenge them to get pregnant for the first time. But then once you get them pregnant, how can we keep them in the herd? And uh, a lot of times, those females that don't get pregnant with their second calf are typically ones that we probably have mismanaged. It's probably not their fault, but probably me more awful as compared to their fault. And a lot of times it's it's basically how they've been managed after their first calf. And the idea is, is that they will require some extra energy. So you don't have a high fallout rate, especially during that, uh, during that, next, um, that next breeding season. So I, I would agree that, you know, the challenge part comes, you know, uh, trying to get replacement heifers pregnant and you can challenge them there. And then once they get pregnant, you've invested quite a bit of money. And so how can you keep them in the herd economically? A number of years so that you get that payback.
0: One other quick comment I'll make too is just especially in the market we're in, we also need to think about cows that are later calving. They might be pregnant for somebody else's calving season. So I just uh, also think about we can have a long breeding season and a short calving season. And that sounds like, well, how do you do that? Well, you do that through pregnancy diagnosis and being able to age those pregnancies. And so that's a tool that I really encourage folks to think about again, open cows are expensive, but if we can add some value to those cows that are late calving, but don't fit our defined calving window, still get some value from them. So yeah. they might, anyway, those are just additional things, I think, as we think about these non-pregnant cows, um, yeah. how do we manage that? Because there's a cost associated with that cow leaving the herd. If we yeah. can have her leave as a pregnant, maybe capture more value from her.
1: Yeah. I mean, that that's excellent comment. And the other thing is, uh, Aaron, in, in all my years in extension, uh a pregnant cow is always worth more than a non-pregnant cow. And uh, it's a, it's interesting that, you know, you have your calving season, but there's other folks that don't calve during that same calving season. And so how do you identify those that may be even late brads, if you will, and how do you package those? And how can you market those as maybe another uh, revenue stream for the uh, enterprise?
0: So let's shift to the next
1: number. So once we know
0: the number of cows that were pregnant, the next number we want to look at is live calving percentage. Uh, talk through this number with us, because I think this is an important one and sometimes can be a little bit confusing for folks.
1: Yeah, I think this is one that, you know, um, is really important. The reason is, is that if you don't have a live calf, how do you get them to, to weaning? And so the idea is is that live calves born divided by the number of cows uh, exposed. And and the idea of, of a live calf is one that gets up in nurses. Now, there are calves that you have born that aren't alive. We call them DOAs or dead on arrivals and a number of different reasons for that. And I think that the idea here is that is that number of live calves born is, is really important to take a look at because the opposite of that is is dead calves that are that are born or at least look full term. And the idea is is if you have very many of those, you really need to take a look at a, a number of different things in regards to your herd health program as well as your breeding program. The, the cows that, that maybe have difficult births or something like that are basically in the young cows. And so how have you basically set them up so that if they have a calf and they have a calf in them is that you've reduced calving difficulty in such a way that that they will have a live calf. And so the idea here, Aaron, is that one is these calves get up and in, in nurse. So that's a live calf. And these are the ones you have the opportunity to get to to weaning. And if you have a large number of calves that are full term, but born dead, I think you need to you need to take a look at what's going on there in regards to the breeding program as well as the herd health program.
0: So the next number you talk about is the calving percentage. I guess talk through with us that number versus the live calves born.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that sometimes people, they, they, they don't calculate this thing right. So sometimes they'll calculate calving percentage as our number of cows that calve divided by the number of cows that were determined pregnant. That number should be pretty high, shouldn't it? So that's probably, make sure that you don't you don't calculate it that way. So calving percentage is, um, is basically the number of calves born that are alive and then the number of them that are full term and they could be born dead divided by the number of uh, females exposed. And so this accounts for both live and dead calves, okay? And you hope that very few of them are born dead, but this is where you can account for for live and in, in, in dead calves. The other thing is, is that if this gets to be fairly low, you need to take a look at what's going on in the management of your uh, cow-calf enterprise. And so the idea here is that is that you got to make sure that abortions are not included in there. Those are full-term calves that are either born live or dead. Uh,
0: the next number you calculate is death loss percentage based on calves born. So we're thinking here about what happens between calving and weaning. Talk through that number with us.
1: Yeah, you know this number should be fairly low because once you get the calf born and up and nursed, they should have a fairly high chance of living until weaning, and so this number should be fairly low in regards to death losses. And if it if it's high, and I, I would say death losses, you know, the and the idea from you know they get up and and stand and they nurse, and um, you know you should have probably one to two percent or fewer calves lost during that time period so the idea here is that if you do have a fairly large number of you know if you're above two percent i would say that you need to take a look at what's going on during the time from the time that they are born to the time that they wean now you can have some fairly high losses uh, due to the fact that you might get into some of these uh these challenges in regards to respiratory during the summer but this should be this should be a low number but if it's high. You need to delve back into the data and see why those calves are lost. And that's where good records come into play.
0: The next number you talk about is death loss percentage based on females exposed. And so we're looking at, you know, what's our calf death loss based on the
1: number of cows we exposed to breeding? What's the value of that number? Well, again, it goes back to really getting a good handle on if if you have a number of losses, where does that loss occur? And the idea there is that this one's just a little bit different than the one we just talked about because it's based on number of cows exposed. And the idea is is that uh, this should be fairly low, but if it's high, you need to delve back in and see where those losses are. And again, a lot of times that might occur, uh, especially prior to weaning, might occur due to the disease respiratory kinds of things that are going on in the cow herd. And so this may be a time when you might want to intervene or get, if these numbers are high, you might want to talk to a veterinarian to see what what's going on there and is there a need for a change in some kind of uh, uh, herd health protocols. The last one, and this is
0: the one that's kind of payday, so to speak, is the weaning yeah. percentage, number of calves weaned per cow exposed. This is not number of calves weaned per live calf born, but we're we're going all the way back to number of cows that were exposed to the bull that we intended to get pregnant. Uh, just talk through the value of this number with us.
1: Yeah, I tell you, this is this is where the kind of the rubber meets the road for the scorecard, if you will. But this is a real important number because this is the number of calves that you have the opportunity to, um, to wean. And those are the ones that are going to generate revenue for that particular enterprise. And so the idea is percent weaned of females exposed really gives you a good idea in regards to cow herd efficiency. The idea is that we know that it's not going to be 100%, right? And it's going to be something less than 100%. 100%. But I, I'd say that this is a real important number because it, it basically says these are the number of cows that have weaned a calf, and these are the number of calves that I'll, I'll uh, have for sale, and so the idea is, how do you get a good handle on what should that be for your particular operation? And I would say that it, it's not the same for every operation. In the but the idea is, is that it can't be so low that uh, that the operation of that uh, enterprise isn't an economical. And so the idea here is that this is a pretty important number because it affects the number of of calves that you have uh, to pay for the bills in that particular enterprise.
0: Rick, as we look at NOMS data, national averages on calves weaned per cow exposed in a cow herd, what would be some typical numbers as we think about Nebraska and across the United States?
1: So, from a weaning percentage, I'd say, Aaron, if you take a look at the old CHAP's data as well as the NOMS data, and even some of the old data that was developed out at uh, Miles City, Montana, which had a lot of females in that particular calculation. but but in their calculation, you know, it could be as low as 80% weaned of exposed. But I'd say typically that when we take a look at Nebraska, I'd say, uh, you know, somewhere between, I'd say 88, 88 and 90% weaned of exposed is, is typically what we'd see. It does depend on the year. The reason why I say that is that you can have losses during the calving season if you get into some inclement weather. And so, typically, I'd say that the idea of uh, you know open percentage, you know, somewhere 10% or less, and you could have anywhere from three to five percent losses at calving time, uh, not due to calves born dead, but if you get into uh, some weather events like is like ice and blizzards and stuff like that, uh, you know, that can be those losses during that time period. Can be anywhere, like I said, three and a half to five percent, but typically they're in a two percent, two and a half percent range. I'd say losses to abortion, uh, one, two percent or less, and then losses from the time that you get a calf on the ground, suckled the dam until weaning, you know, somewhere around one percent. Losses should be one to two percent, should be um, at least a, a gauge you ought to take a look at. But again, the greatest loss that we have is going to be cows not becoming pregnant during the breeding season. Rick, anything else you'd like to highlight on this today? You know, I I think the idea is, is that many times we don't take time to to do these kinds of calculations, mainly due to the fact that this time of year, we're pretty busy in regards to, you know, after get them weaned, then we got to get set up, you know, going to corn stocks or kicking them out to uh, dry dormant range. And you're just basically looking at the next phase of the production cycle. But I think it's really good to take a look at, you know, how did my cow herd perform during this past season? Thanks again for joining me today. You bet.
0: Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we discussed today, Cowherd Report Card Part 1, Measures of Performance.